Welcome to the Flyover Ministry Podcast, a practical youth ministry podcast for small church leaders by small church leaders. We are grateful that you have joined us for our journey through ministry-related topics that we hope help equip and encourage you as you serve Jesus wherever you are. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Jordan. And the time of the Gentiles is over. This is Flyover Ministry. <laughs> it's not breakfast time. What are you talking about? Anytime is breakfast time, Jordan. That's the wonderful thing about breakfast. Anywhere, mm. anytime. Okay. Hats off to you, Denny's. Just a real American treasure. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode as we look at uh, this week, the challenges of bivocational ministry. Uh, I'm reminded here that of, of something else that I do on top of the coordinator role, on top of substitute teaching, my wife and I do woodworking on the side and we wind up, we're able to sell that. Um, it's not exactly lucrative. It's not very frequent, but it happens from time to time, which we are, I don't know. We, we just kind of looked at each other as we started doing it and said, you know, as long as we're able to have fun and uh, let's keep doing this. And that is something that we definitely have stepped back from as uh, things got a little more hectic and our lives changed uh, with the addition of children. Um, I'm reminded as well in all of this, Jordan, looking what's so funny. Well, children will do that to you. They will make your life a little bit more hectic. I'm reminded of a previous series of episodes that we've done, Jordan, about saying no, right? When your Mm -hmm. life becomes hectic to be able to know when and how to say no to certain things and uh, recognizing that this is an opportunity for you to just constantly be in uh, a state of assessing where you're at, uh, not trying to give you a door out when ministry gets hard, but to be able to say, you know, what's realistic for me to do? Uh, what is expected of me? Uh, is this kind of fair for what the church is expecting from me? Am I, um, is my life changing to a point where I can't exactly do everything that they're hoping for me to do? Um, the other side of that, too, is uh, they're asking me to do things that I'm not exactly skilled or gifted in. Um, you know, I'm I'm the young person at our church office, uh, so apparently that means that I am really good at technology mm. and sorting out things for live streaming. And I'm not the worst, but there were definitely things that Luke Edland from our technology series arc uh, had quite a bit to teach me, and I recognize that I am just a wee babe in that topic when it comes to skill set. So being able to know when to say no on this, uh, I think is one of the challenges when it comes to bivocational ministry as we get into this particular episode. Uh, But let's get into it, Jordan. What are other challenges in bivocational ministry? So one of the big challenges is just the, I think this is going to show up in, in many different ways, but the constraint on time. Um, being bivocational, having, whether it's part-time, full-time, uh, commitments at church does limit the availability that you have to give to something else. Um, and on top of that, we'll get into that a little bit more, uh, later today, but the expectations that the congregation has on you too. Sometimes we recognize that congregation can have expectations that aren't realistic and that's another hard conversation. Um, you know, the, the perspective might be that we pay you full-time. So that means you are always on the clock and, you know, 
you should be able to do these things. So that's that could be attention. But even if that's not the case, if you're putting in, you know, the, the average from the research we said earlier was like 22 hours a week or something like that, um, that does limit your availability for something outside of the congregation. And so you might have with an employer, if you're doing something that's not self-directed, uh, a conflict of schedules, right? So yeah. I want you to work Saturdays or I want you to work Sundays. And you can be like, well, that's really an important time for, for congregational life and, and my responsibilities at the church. So in this instance, um, in addition to discerning how much time you have, it's also going to be really important to figure out your priorities, um, which one is going to come first, and and be okay with, with sometimes resulting in maybe having to walk away from other opportunities because that's just not the priority of it. Mm-hmm. I think of times when I've been able to step out of the office and go help somebody farm uh, just as part of visitation, part of my role here, uh, just being able to connect with people as they live, where they live, and what they do. Uh, and calling back to my roots, you know, I know how to drive a lot of these uh, pieces of farm equipment. And I think I do a pretty decent job. They haven't told me not to come back. <laughs> <laughs> I think about times when I'm able to have that kind of flexibility. But you're right. I mean, there's a lot of times in ministry that aren't so flexible. Like, uh, when a family decides when a funeral is that you should really be at. And if you want to be a part of that, you, you kind of have to triage what's important to you. Uh, worship services, Sunday school, midweek ministries, um, especially like, I don't know, did you ever work at a coffee shop or in the service industry? Um, not not coffee shop Okay. I worked at a grocery store and a, a Sears Roebuck um on the what was that a receiving associate was what i was called so it was on receiving the receiving associate yeah. but so you, you, the kind of job where your manager asks you to pick up a shift because somebody was sick or something happened or uh, somebody forgot that they were working in that particular that particular shift so yeah you got to be mindful of what you do on the side how much control are you able to have on your schedule how much flexibility will your employer give you on, uh, because some might be more understanding than others, um, especially uh, considering like if you are employed by somebody else at the church, if they are hiring you as a farmhand or like one of the things that we found when we were looking at other side gigs or other jobs, um, the people who work at their hometown uh, newspaper, like they were employed by one of their congregational members. Now that member is going to understand like he has a, a funeral at two o'clock, right? A lot better than somebody who's not a part of the church. So we recognize the, the challenges that come with that as well. Another thing that I'll speak to regarding that, it does take me back a little bit of time to, to that time at Sears. Um, there is something to be said too for just being a really solid employee. If you are at a place, mm-hmm. um, and when you're able to have a good rapport and a good reputation like that, you have a lot more leeway um, if you have a good manager because they're going to want to take care of you and, you know, they're going to trust you. So I remember with Sears, the huge blessing with that was that when I was, when I was at Bible school and um, I was able to pretty much set my schedule like on the Friday before the next week, I'd say, hey, this is I've got this coming on, this going on. It's like, OK, I'll make sure you're not working those days. And I mean, it was just wonderful with, with that particular manager. And then by the second year, um, 
I think I had a reputation. And so we had a new manager come in, but he was informed, you know, of kind of, I don't know how much of a diva I was, but was willing to work with me. And it, it worked out really good. Um, and I know some of the other guys didn't quite have that uh, because of their performance or different things like that. So so being a really solid employee, and I think that goes back to doing everything as if unto the Lord. You know, even at a different job, if we're not on church grounds, we're still representing Christ mm-hmm. in our employment. You said receiving associate at Sears? Yeah, so I unloaded the trucks, um, put the merchandise onto racks to go to the floor storage rooms and worked with all the storage and stuff. But then another part of that was like, let's say a customer bought a water softener. You're not going to put that in your cart. So you'd get a nice little ticket and then you'd go down to the the dock door Mm -hmm. and then there's this whole scanning system. So you'd scan it and we're guaranteed to load it in their car and have them gone within five minutes or else they get money. And sometimes Mm -hmm. they were... They tried to test the system a little bit, or there'd be some guy showing up in a Civic. He's like, hey, I want to get this 50-inch TV that's not a flat-screen plasma in the back seat of this. It's like, it's not going to work. He's like, well, let's just take it out of the box and try. It's like, well, okay, this is the fourth time this week. Still not going to work, but I'll do it because the customer's always right. So, you know, some of that extra okay. stuff. When you say receiving associate, all I'm picturing now is just you working in the portrait studio, changing <laughs> yeah. the backgrounds and definitely scenery. not portraits. I walked by there to get to the bathroom occasionally, but that was about all my exposure. See, you can go ahead and deny that all you want, but all I'm going to think about is you working in the portrait studio. So, <laughs> I don't think I'd do so well. People would be leaving with backgrounds that they weren't necessarily anticipating you know superimposed but see, that's, things that's the point jordan that is why my <laughs> mind went where it is i just uh, see you behind a camera or no not even at the camera like not responsible to take the pictures but like the person with the sock puppet in front of the camera out of shot trying to entertain the <laughs> the children for whatever oh we are way off track we have other challenges that come along with this as well there's the challenges of having and managing your own finances in all of this, where uh, when you're full-time, your employer takes care of a lot of uh, allowances. Like our church covers my my phone bill. And um, when we were living in the parsonage, they covered our, our heating up to a certain dollar amount. And they might cover your health insurance and gas mileage and other allowances like that. And if you're only part-time, at two different places, you're not going to get that. So you have to take that into consideration as well if you are looking at stepping back from full-time ministry or even as you are entering into ministry and are seeing that as an option. You just have to keep that into consideration as well and to budget for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, that goes both ways too. If you're in a full-time outside of the church setting too, a lot of times you'll have benefits and stuff that, that are wrapped up with that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think in this category, though, the biggest challenge is going to be what I alluded to as well, and that's the potential tensions within the congregation. Um, because as you're working multiple things, your attentions are in different places. Um, so, for example, I'll even just point to, um, like I said earlier, I, I'm also working as our uh, training coordinator for our association. And so we're in the same church body, and... There are times like where I'm scheduling the calls with our seminary interns during like a typical day. Like I'll, I'll say, hey, this is a day that's a little bit more free. I'm going to schedule my calls on this day and try to stack them up. 
But because I've got five kids at home, home is not a calm place to do that. So I do it at the church office. <laughs> and then I can do, yeah, I, I don't know why. Um, so I can focus maybe. Yeah. Um, so I'll do it at the church. And that way, I mean, I've got my office, I got my stuff there. Then between calls, I can be doing some church stuff. And then in my mind too, I'm thinking, okay, so I know that this is not really my church time. So like throughout the week, I'm, I'm not counting this as my quote unquote hourly time at the church or the 40 hours that I'm supposed to be putting in here. Um, but a congregation member comes in and they sees the door closed and I'm talking to the computer and they might feel like I'm inaccessible and that mm-hmm. I'm not um, doing the stuff that I should be doing. I'm distracted by other things. They're not seeing that there are times where I'm leaving church at 10 at night, you know, um, or youth group goes late or whatever the case may be. So that expectation that's not necessarily spoken, like, but it's there. And, and anybody in ministry knows that, that there's like these, these, I've seen the the illustration of, you know, what's expected of a pastor and they're supposed to be young with a family, but 40 years of experience. And they're supposed to always be in their office and available, but visiting the congregation at all times too. And, you know, just all these things that when you put it together, it's just not going to be reasonable. Um, But we can't help that that's what different people have expectations for. So um, having conversations about that too can be important, but know that this could be a potential challenge uh, just, Hey, you're, we don't feel like you're doing this or this. Um, and that can be a tension mm-hmm. within the church. Well, even dra- drawing up a job description for a particular position, like you'll have different people with all sorts of different expectations. Like you said, um, I think there's always, uh, every year it seems like our, our confirmation students are surprised to find out that I actually work at church full time. Like, you mean you actually like work here? Like what? How? Like, well, well, where do you, where do you do? What do you do for work? It's like, I do all sorts of things, and I start telling them the other things that are involved besides just preaching on Sunday and doing youth group on Wednesday night. Like, there's all sorts of other things that I I do administratively, uh, spiritually for visitation, connecting with people relationally, uh, and they're just always surprised, right? And it's kind of the the unfortunate joke of like pastors and and youth workers. We only work a few hours a week. Uh, and that's just when people are able to see us or where we're most directly accessible by the most number of people. Um, but I do think that there are some underlying challenges that come with that because uh, churches may ask and expect for more than full time, uh, more than part time work from you when it comes down to it. Like they may recognize that we can only afford to pay you part time, but we want these things done. And, you know, we don't necessarily have the time to do it and we're paying you to do this, uh, but their expectations and what they're asking of you is more like three quarter time work or even full time work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's on you to kind of rein it in with the, the church in question to be uh, have an adult conversation to be able to say this isn't realistic and I, I can't feasibly do this and I need your help uh, to be able to step up on, and do this. And to know when to say no, you know, in, in many regards, that's you saying, no, I can't do that. And I think that can upset people as well, where they're expecting you to do that sort of thing. And you, know, you just can't, you just have to come to terms with the fact that you can't be all things to all people. But so knowing when to say yes, knowing what to do, what to take on, when to decline things and when to kind of pass that off to somebody else 
is um, a challenge as well. Um, and I yeah. think another important point to that too, I'm, I, I think it's true that they can, and part of this goes to just the reality of a congregation too, because you've got mm-hmm. different members who are going to see different aspects of ministry. You're going to be aware of different things. Nobody's got the complete picture um, so I think it's easy for them to make assumptions about what you're going to do and give you tasks that are beyond what you can fit in the time that they're expecting you to do, um, or even getting contradictory messages from members um, where it's not intentional. And so, you know, I, I've been told, like, hard cap at 40, don't go over it. But then later on in a different conversation, it's like, hey, we'd like to add this new aspect of ministry to what you're doing. And so like both conversations are happening at the same time. So things like, you know, some of the realities that you can face, uh, being a employee and there's an annual meeting and we're asking, okay, we have a vacancy for a superintendent for the Sunday school. Mm-hmm. Who's going to volunteer for that? Silence. Well, youth and family ministry director, this does make sense if you take this on. So, we're going to now incorporate this into a part of your job. And so different things like that. And, and like you said, <laughs> things that people just aren't aware of, like the video production and, and putting stuff online for the live stream and stuff. Uh, they notice when it's not there, but they don't necessarily ask who's the one who makes this stuff happen. Uh, or the fact that whenever there's an issue with the sound, the first person often that's asked is me. And what do I know about the sound system? Very little. Uh, but I'm still the person that is expected to, to take these things on. So that takes, you know, looking on the web, what, how, what is this problem? What am I doing? What's a potential solution? Taking the time to try that solution. That didn't work. Let's try a couple other things. And then you find, oh, the master mute button was hit accidentally. <laughs> that would do it. But you know, you're, so there, there are times where you're just like, you know, you're on the phone with IT and they say, hey, did you check the power button? And you're like, no, I'm not an idiot. The course of power button's on. Are you sure it's not the... Yes. And so they send somebody out and they like sigh and they push the power button. You're like, oh, I guess I am the idiot. So yeah, that happens. <laughs> I I laugh out of empathy because I've been there. I have seen that and I I know what that pain is like. That's all right. We, at the same time, we, we it is healthy to recognize the challenges and sometimes we can be looking at this and say, just see like, man, this would be really good for a family to have, have a little bit extra, you know, to be able to say, I don't have to worry about feeling bad about paying for us to do karate together because we've got this extra income that, you know, covers some of these extra things um, that aren't necessarily totally necessary for survival. Uh, and so we can see the positives of that and we can be blind to the challenges and not think through, man, this could throw a couple wrenches and things. So I just wanted to paint that picture for you today. Uh, of things to honestly think through and evaluate while while you're considering this potential, whatever that may be. Um, but at the same time, it's not all negative. There's actually a lot of positives that can come with it too. So uh, we will get next to that week. next week. Yeah. And hopefully you'll stick around for it. And so that you're not just like a Debbie Downer for the rest of the month, but um, maybe have some positivity in your life. And yeah, that's about as wishy wow. wash as I'm going to sound. So that that what that took a real soft NPR vibe there at the end. <laughs> well, I'm I'm learning from my my favorite guy um, from Night Sounds. So <laughs> I don't know if you know. No, if you I'm... know, you know. If you don't, you're blessed. <laughs> so speaking of blessing, pray that you are blessed and that you go in peace and serve the Lord.
Thanks for listening to Flyover Ministry. You can find, follow, and give feedback on our Instagram and Facebook pages at Flyover Ministry. You can also get in contact with us on our Gmail account, flyoverministrypodcast at gmail.com. You can find other episodes that we've recorded on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, and please feel free to share them with a friend. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.